How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? Can you say that again? <clears throat> How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? Where does that come from? I don't know. I think it's exercise to warm up the lips and vocal cords. Popping the peas. That sounds. That sounds terrible. Yeah. <sighs> fucking a, fucking idiot. <laughs> you did some serious popping. There was one. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded like that last week. Did you remember? I didn't did, notice it did though. You, yeah, I, yeah, I noticed it. Well, I noticed it on edit because yeah, okay. I noticed everything when, over there. All right, man. Hmm. Ready? All right, action! Five, four. I already said three. action. <laughs> All right, man. How's the week been, dude? It's good. Been busy. Just got uh, got back from North Texas uh, with my son. You know what comes out of Texas? Don't answer that. Carry on. Okay. Yeah. The final steps of a service dog process. So it's good. Good stuff. Or yeah. Is it German Shepherd or a lab? Well, we won't know what dog we get. It's an assignment, but uh, they mostly work with labs and golden retrievers. Mm. So, yeah. Well, this is my hell week. Uh, if anybody who works at a university, the week before semester starts is not fun. Enrollment, classes, all that kind of stuff. But um, a lot of stuff happened this week. And, uh, you know, I had some people reach out to me and want to talk about the uh, the Hawaii lifelike crash you heard about that yeah i'm aware of it and uh i didn't know much about it but a lot of people want to talk about it because it, you know it's it, it's it's relevant to to the channel and um you know but there's just a preliminary report that came out not too long ago there's no factual report or um any, any kind of full completed investigation that probably won't happen for a couple of years but i kind of wanted to go over that a little bit and at least at least at least chat about it but um, well, it sounds like there's not a lot of is known from anybody about it. It's kind of a mystery still at this point, all right? Well, I think that you know a couple of people reached out to me from 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 the area in in Hawaii, and um, I think it's a a GMR owned company. Don't 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 quote me on that, but I think that they, um, you know, Hawaii Life Flight is a part of a bigger, very very big organization uh, across the country. But um, so there's a lot of people that are. In, involved with it, uh, you know, but with a lot of the other accidents that are out there, you know, there's something to look at. There's, there's something tangible to go, Oh my God, that just happened, you know? And, and, and it sounds like what they're going through out there is more of a, you know, this doesn't even seem real because there's no wreckage. There's no, there's no bodies to recover. Right. Total mystery. Or, or, you know, it's like some Bermuda, Bermuda triangle, uh, type stuff or something like that, but um, so the, I I I, th I think uh, you, you know I read the report and this this one person who reached out to me said you know you know along with the other things that they said that you know the report just raises more questions 
But so, so we're on the it, same page. It didn't was, actually answers anything. It was a King Air fixed wing, three crew on board, right? Pilot. Well, it was, it, yeah, it was a Beach King. Um, you know, that might that might sound confusing, but that that aircraft. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll pull it up on the screen here. But that aircraft is. Uh, you know, been around forever. You've probably seen this. We have them, we have them here in Oklahoma yeah, as flown, well. Flown in it. Um, Not that one, obviously. You have? <laughs> Can, uh, For who? Um, was the, it was it an EMS service? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Flown a couple different kinds of King Air. One of them was the Beechcraft, and then Pilatus is, is certainly all the Pilatus. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just crazy history on this aircraft. It's funny that you mentioned. <laughs> funny that you mentioned the Pilatus that this this aircraft is it's like the Bell 206 kind of airplanes it's been around for like 60 years like 1964 or something like that uh kind of stems from a single single engine bonanza back in the day but anyway the uh the thing's been around forever and it's like the most trusted and tried and true turboprop aircraft you know that's out there you know it's got two two turbine engines but with propellers obviously so turboprop um and, uh, you know, powerful, rugged, you know, the perfect kind of thing to be flying through, uh, you know, bumpy weather yeah, and Pacific stuff like that. storms, I'm sure. Yeah. And um, it's, it's common. And, and, you know, a lot of flight paramedics and nurses, this is what they fly on. And um, But Beach actually, I think it, Beach got taken over by Raytheon back in the 80s or something like that, but just recently got – bought by a company called Textron. So some people call this a Textron C90. And this C90 just went out of production, I think last year or something like that. But the main reason it went out of production, um, at least, you know, one could one could argue is because of that Pilatus. That Pilatus came out, that, mm -hmm. I think that PC, might be called the PC-12, I can't remember. But, um, you know, I think flies 34 miles an hour faster and it's uh, – uh, single engine, so le less maintenance. Yeah, and for for my purpose, I got a lot of gear, and uh, there's a wider door frame on the Pilatus too. Which oh, is makes there? It easier to get in and out. Yeah, so I, I I think the last year that they built this thing, they built like ten of them, and Pilatus built like a hundred or something, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like there, there's, um, but either way, it, it's super. It's a super rugged aircraft and perfectly safe, and probably one of the safest aircraft ever built. If you look at it in terms of the um, you know, per percentages or whatever, but, you know, I'll, I'll pull up, um, you know, some of the tracking that we have from, from Hawaii. This, this comes from, um, uh, uh, this ADSB exchange website, which is kind of a cool website. It's kind of like flight radar or something like that. And you can put up tail numbers and stuff and, you know, see some flight histories and, and, and see what's going on. But, you know, if, if I, if I zoom out and I'm not that familiar with Hawaii, I, I've never been there. Um, you know, people will correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, obviously you get you get the big island, right? And then you've got Maui, and you got some of the other islands, and then the most populated one I think is is the one here that Honolulu's on, which probably has more of the resources for hospitals and stuff. And so they transport a lot of patients to to um, to to Honolulu, you know, because that's where some of the bigger bigger hospitals are. And I don't know, I I know a couple people who are flight medics and flight nurses out in that area, not for this company. But um, their culture is just different than ours. I mean, obviously, you got the Hawaiian culture ingrained in everything out there, which is awesome. Uh, 
you know, so it's a little different because of that, but they fly, they're flying patients like you and I do transfers. Yeah. You know, on a ground I ambulance. Mean, logistically, getting people between all those highlands has got to be, air travel it, has to be the most convenient. It, and yeah, it's got, it's got to be. I mean, I, who knows if they transport people by boat? They probably don't. I mean, this, this pass right here, uh, I, actually, I looked up the name of the pass and I feel really ignorant and naive that I, I can't pronounce it, but it's a, it's a kind of a famous pass and has very, very rough seas, which is another, is another part of the problem of finding the wreckage because mm -hmm. this isn't, you know, I'm from Tampa Bay and you, you can, you couldn't drive a jet ski right here in this area. Cause it's, 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 you know, you're, you're miles away from shore in the middle of the Pacific ocean between these two ridges. So there's, um, you know, you know, pretty, pretty rough waters, but the, you know, the, the, like I said, the culture, these people are, they're very close. They all know each other. And there's a lot of helicopters flying around because of tourism. You know, you mix the tourism with the, uh, with the hems industry and you've got, you know, just, you've got helicopters everywhere and you've got these fixed wings everywhere. And I don't have any experience on a fixed wing at all. Um, but you know, it's comp, it, it's common that they're flying on the fixed wings and, and they fly a lot of IFR flight plans and so fly through clouds and up and around storms. And I think that this C-90 can fly at like 30,000 feet, you know, so it's no, it's not, it's not a, you know, under, underperforming aircraft or anything like that. And, um, you know, not that they would ever fly 30,000 feet just going from, from here to there. Um, I think, you know, this flight, their maximum was like 11 or 12,000 feet. But, but anyway, um, you know, they took off, you know, here from the, from the North end of Hawaii, uh, or the North end of Maui there. And, um, what was the name of that airport? The, again, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this. So please don't kill me. But, uh, Kahului, I don't know if I, if I say that right, Kahului or but they were, Ka they Kahului were, airport, but it's OGG is the, is the code. What's that? They were en route to a, another airport to pick up a patient. Yeah. So correct? they were going to fly down here to the, to the, um, to the big island, um, just to the north end of the island. And there's a, uh, uh, in the, in this area up here right. and they were going to pick up a patient. I, I tried to figure out what was wrong with the patient, but I don't know. They were going to pick up a patient waiting at the airport there and then transport them, you know, up to, up to Honolulu. And so that's, that's where they were headed. And so on board was a pilot and, you know, a paramedic and a nurse and, it took off from the north end of the island there, and you know there's there's mountains and volcanoes and all kinds of stuff on the island. So I assume that's probably why they're flying around the north around it. Yeah, yeah the north end of the island. Um, and from what I understand, you, you know they 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 leave uh, the airport at eight fifty five at night, and um, everything seems fine. They, they contact their ATC that, that, that's in the area, tell them that they're flying at a thousand feet. They're flying up to 11,000 feet. A couple minutes goes by as they, as they round the Island, it takes them about seven or eight minutes to get around the Island. They contact, uh, their ATC again, who transfers them over to Honolulu, um, air route traffic control, which is going to route them, uh, over, over there to the big Island. Uh, and then the pilot, you, you know, does everything he's supposed to do. It sounds like, and, and calls, calls ATC who tells them to climb to 
11,000 feet. And then maybe if you can climb up to 13,000 feet, cause there's a lot of traffic going back mm-hmm. and forth and you know, they've got to route them around all this other traffic. I think I can make this thing play. Let me see if I can kind of, kind of get some, some, some animation to this, but you know, as, as they're flying around, I, the weather was just that it was nighttime is right. That's, that's what I heard too, but, but there was never any distress calls or anything like that. Correct. Not really. I mean, there, there, there's, there was something and, uh, we'll look, we'll look at what it was, but I, I don't know exactly, you know, what the pilot was talking about. That's where I said, we come back to more, more questions, yeah. more questions than answered. But, yeah. you know, a few, few minutes goes by and, and they're flying South on this 180 degree, uh, uh, bearing, I guess they're probably closer to over about here at this point, you know, and they're flying South and everything, everything seems fine. The, the, the controller, tells them to keep keep flying at 180 degrees and cleared him to to fly south to reach his you know GPS point down there to fly into the airport um, pilot acknowledges says okay and then I don't know just just a 60 seconds later uh, the pilot jumps on and his you know and I quote I'm just reading from the report says uh 13 GZ is off navigation here we're gonna we're gonna give it a try. And the specialist, the, the the comm specialist, hears that. What did he it, What did he believe that to mean? He's probably well. He it, I don't know, but he acknowledged. He said okay, uh, and told him to turn right to 170 degree bearing. And um, the only thing I can think of is maybe trying to get him out of the way in case he's got problems. I don't, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe get him out of the way of other traffic. All this whole thing went down over over two minutes, dude two minutes. And then just a couple, like the like 10 seconds after they told him that, uh, to, to, to turn right at 170, <laughs> the pilot comes on and just says, hang on. Hmm. You know, I, I, have you seen any of those YouTube videos that, that say creepy pilots last words? Yeah. <sighs> you know, I mean, I've heard some people doing, saying some terrible things, but this guy just says, hang on. And there was, there was nothing else. Yeah, that's pretty from ominous. Him. But this other dude was was flying, you know, a, a much lower than this guy in a Piper aircraft, uh, and he was flying over to Honolulu, and watched this whole thing go down. Watched the whole thing go down, and said, um, you know, he's listening to the communication as well. He can mm-hmm. hear it, mm-hmm. and he said when he when he when they when they told him to turn right, he he started to turn right, and he can see the lights of the airplane, you know, the green and red lights. And then the plane just started to head towards the ground and was spiraling like, like a, wow, you know, like, like a stunt plane or something like that. Uh, and then it just spiraled faster and faster and faster and faster. And then he said he watched it, uh, impact the water, which has got, which has got to be, which has got to be tough with the, that ter- the, the dead spin that you're, you're kind of talking that would be associated with like a loss of speed though too, right? I I don't I don't know. I mean, I would think that they'd be there's certainly speed. no expert when it comes to I would I would think that because they're he, he's in a descent pointed straight towards the ground, he's probably going 100 knots faster than he's supposed to. He's probably, you know, um hmm. you know, if he's supposed to be flying, I think this aircraft flies, you know, you know, 270 knots or something like that, which is pretty fast for a little plane like that. Um 
mm-hmm. if he's pointed at the ground and spiraling, he's probably going a lot faster. He's probably got, but he's probably out of control. Yeah. But they did five or six days of search and rescue and never recovered anybody. Right. And so the, the pilot, the flight nurse and the, and the paramedic, they, they all died yeah. uh, or they're all presumed dead. I mean, at this point, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's obvious that they that they're all dead. Uh, but the Coast Guard and every, everybody just did the probably one of the more in-depth search and rescue mm-hmm. missions that they possibly could have. But if the aircraft sank right away, it, it's from what I read, it's a, it's it's like a mile deep right there. Absolutely do we terrible. have? Do you know of any other? And historically, I, I can't even remember the last time that there was a helicopter or fixed wing, like a EMS related aircraft that has gone mm. missing. And not where one's completely. gone missing. There, there actually was a story from a long time ago. I say a long time ago, but um, doesn't seem like it was really that long ago. But I think it was the early '90s. There was a Bell two hundred six. It was flying from off the northeast coast you know, off the coast of uh, Connecticut or Massachusetts, some, somewhere up in that area. And this dude just took off in the worst weather possible and just not IFR capable, doesn't have the equipment. He does have equipment to do an ILS approach into one of the airports. And they had a med crew on board. And I think that they had a patient on board. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I've, re- I've read the story in depth, but it's just been a while. Um, and it was a yellow Bell 206, got a QRS complex on the side of it. I just can't remember the name of it. And he got himself into thunderstorms. And they're flying over a lot of water and um, coastal islands and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, off the I don't, I don't know the area very well up there, but there's a lot of coastal uh, islands and I hate to say tributaries. That sounds like a Florida thing. But, you know, uh, just a lot of little nooks and crannies of water. He's flying over all this stuff and um, ended up, I think he declared some type of emergency and was going to do an ILS approach into a really big airport right next to the coast um, and crashed in the water, never never made it to shore. Yeah. But they found him, and I think there was a couple survivors. I could be wrong on that. It's but just, that's it, the only one I've it, ever heard. This is just such a wild story because this is the first one that I can remember that, I mean, it's total, just vanished, right? Yeah, it, it's um, even though we we have kind of a point of last contact, there was a, another aircraft that seen this this guy going down, and then we're just swallowed to the sea. Sw- swallowed to the sea for sure, and and I I can't even imagine. I mean, anytime something like this happens with with a with a e- e- EMS helicopter, or really any, anything, but um, EMS is already. This is already so tight. Well, you, you know, mentioned kind of the the close knit community of Hawaii. Add that to EMS. Add that to aviation. EMS. Like, right. This is about as tight knit as it gets. Right. And so, and and, and then you integrate you, you intertwine that with the Hawaiian culture that's mm-hmm. there. Um, you, you know, these people are all, all they're they're just they're just super super close. Um, you know, with one another. Uh, but it, it, it is sad. And, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what it means when, it, when the pilot says, well, I'm off navigation here. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know why that would be a, a, a fatal f- flaw yeah, right, to right. be off navigation. Um, the weather wasn't bad <clears throat> unless, 
unless there was something just mechanically wrong with the the ability to control the aircraft. And 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 that's what he's saying. Maybe is yeah. is you know we were supposed to turn to go this way, and it didn't it didn't go that way because there's something wrong with the controls. But I don't know. It, it just seems very that, very fast. That happening. sharp that sharp hook sure seems like he's trying to get back to. Well, he's Somewhere. he's going down mm-hmm. during that whole time. I mean, they told him to turn right, mm-hmm. you know, and so, but not, but only by ten degrees, not by, um, you know, you know, one hundred and eighty degrees or whatever. So that's terrible, man. It it it, it it's absolutely terrible. The pilot's name was uh, Brian Treptow, if I'm if I'm saying that right. And this happened on December fifteenth. So it's been uh, today's January eleventh. So it's been less than a month. But Brian Treptow. Uh, was the pilot, and then the flight nurse was Courtney Perry, and the flight paramedic was Gabriel Camacho. That's a cool name, Gabriel Camacho. Camacho. Yeah, but um, very sad about that, and, you know, it'd be very interesting. This is going to be an investigation for the NTSB, probably for the books. I mean, you know, probably one of the most interesting air, air crash investigations of all time was that Air France crash that happened off the coast of South America you know, 10, 15 years ago, uh, where they searched for months and months for the... I just can't imagine if that thing crashed into the the water. There's not... I mean, yeah, things are going to sink, but no debris. Well, maybe they just didn't see it, and it floated floated away, and and it's small aircraft, you know, and if the fuselage just went to the bottom, then it went to the bottom. I mean, that Malaysian Airlines, Mm -hmm. they still haven't found that, and they had hundreds of people on board. But it, it did have a cockpit voice recorder... Um, had an underwater beacon, you know, an image recording, an airborne image recording system and errors. But I don't know if, if the, um, a Duquesne, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Duquesne or Duquesne underwater acoustic beacon. I don't, I don't know if the, that kind of beacon is strong enough for a mile. If it's a mile and, and how long it's going to last. Yeah. Like that well, one that was nice, off the yeah. coast of South America, that Air France one was beat, was beeping for months. Yeah. yeah, I'd use like submarines and stuff to find it, but they finally found it, and it was because of the the data recorder that was in there that they eventually found out what was wrong with that crash. And that one was real complicated with pedo tubes and airspeed indicators going bad, which, you know, who knows? It, something, something similar right. could have happened here, yeah. but it obviously wasn't cold. It was cold with the Air France crash. But, um, dude, it's just... Wild stuff. It, 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 it's it's it, it is wild stuff. It's sad, you know. And I and I hope I hope somehow these these folks out there get some closure, either by uh, a good a good report coming from the NTSB or uh, just locating them, you know, so that they can get yeah, some I think closure. That's, that's for the families and friends. That's probably one of the more important things. Is at least just locating so they can yeah close, close all that out. So tell me about tell me what you know about this insanity of these two medics who just got arrested for murder last night. Like where, where do you start yeah. with that story? Tell me, tell me what you know. Cause right. I, I've tried to like read up on it as much as I can. Um, so this came across to me as just a news article, two medics charged with murder for, of a patient. As I read into it, it turns out that, uh, sounds like they restrained him, in a prone position on the stretcher um, or belly down, uh, which isn't right, but also isn't terribly uncommon for a patient that's like in handcuffs or whatever. Read on a little bit more, and it turns out that he didn't die in the ambulance. He died, 
you know, an hour or two after he got to the emergency department. So I, I can't read into too much of how long. It, yeah, but what, what does that was. mean? What does that mean? They say if 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 you die, they're not going to say that you died until you're done dying. Right. Right. So you could be dead right now, and they're not going to pronounce you. They're not going to tell no, the news I, I, that you're dead until yeah, no, they're I, done I, working. I understand what you're saying there. I'm just trying to get a feel for like, did they start working a cardiac arrest in the ambulance? But regardless right, yeah. of any of that stuff, the badge cam came out, and I'm sure you've watched it. What's a badge cam? To me, like like a chess cam, yeah. like like is that, or, uh, is that yeah. what it's called? Do they call I, it a badge I think it's cam? called a badge cam, right? I need a badge cam. I didn't know. Anyway, it was, I didn't know. It anyway, was called the, that. O- the officers recording. There was three of them in this room, and it is a complete and total disaster. So I'm trying to figure out because you know how the news never gets this stuff right ever. On, on, um, she looks as happy in that photo as she did when she walked in the room to make her patient look contact. Her, her, do you see her arms are crossed? Yeah. Can you imagine? Did she? They fell flat on their face. Like if you left thing. your clothes on the floor so... in her house. Like if <laughs> say if, that again. <laughs> like if you left the clothes on the floor in her house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if if that's yeah. that's her mugshot, dude. But the yeah. the. the it it says it's in Springfield, so this is out of Illinois. You know, there's Springfield everywhere. About but I two a.m. Right, and the part that I'm, that I that the news always gets wrong is who's the paramedic and who's the EMT. This article I'm looking at says two Springfield EMTs. A bunch of the stories just say EMS workers. It's like sex workers. It's like a weird term. Like, what does that mean, EMS worker? Is the EMT or paramedic? I don't I don't really know. Uh, but they're facing first degree. I know, and. And, I, and originally I thought, oh my God, that is way overkill, right? But man, as I watch, as I watch that video, within the first 30 seconds of her making that patient contact, you don't have to be a paramedic to realize right. that an altered mental status is a medical problem. This guy wasn't just trying to be a jerk, he was having an actual medical problem. Yeah, I don't know and, if they were, the, and they may have been familiar with him, he may have been a frequent flyer, but that does not negate any of the actions that were taken. So let's see who we're working with here. Cause so this is people magazine. I just pulled up the first thing I came to one, right. another article said two EMTs, one said EMS workers. And this, this one it says two paramedics. So ambulance drivers, a- ambulance drivers. So, um, you got Peter there on the left, mm-hmm. you got Peggy on the right. And the, the poor dead guy is the dead guy, 30, 35 years old. Um, I don't know. We'll have to, Oh, his name's Earl. Earl Moore. I remember that. Damn it. They're yeah. always named Earl Moore. Earl. And, uh, I see down here it says the she was Life Star EMS workers. What does that mean, EMS worker? Anyway, so, sorry, guys. She was really intent on getting his birthday also. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we're going to take, take a look at it. I'm trying to see what was – I tried to read, like, what was the initial call? So the it sounds like his girlfriend or significant other, she made the 911 call. For altered mentation, he was hallucinating, and she said it was kind of conflicting. She was saying he was drunk, but she was also saying it had been a couple days since he had a drink. So it sounds like he was in DTs, uh, alcohol withdrawals. He painted the picture to me a little bit like an excited delirium. Even regardless of what it is, our doorway impression, scene size up, this guy is altered, right? He's right. He is having a medical problem. Right, and so it, it says here 
you know, they called 911. It's after 2 a.m. And law enforcement responds. Why Why they responded, we don't know. But it's probably like what you're saying. It was probably someone saying, something's wrong with this guy. And so maybe they thought it was, maybe they needed to clear it first. I don't know. Yeah, and the, and the first this this cam footage here for the first officer, he's talking from the doorway to the 911 caller. And he's saying, do you need our help, right? right. Do you want me to come in and take a look? And he gets well, permission. Let's, well, let's take a listen. So he he's sitting right here. This is, this is I have, I actually didn't see I promise. Oh, the guy's been to the house. Okay. He's, he's, he's seeing stuff that's not there. She seems frustrated too because every time he goes to the emergency department, they discharge him home and then... He either goes back to well, he goes back to um, you know drinking again or, or or whatever. So she's clearly frustrated that she she can't find a way to help him. Right. He's going through hallucinations from which she says he's going through hallucinations. Yeah, she's she's just asking for help. She doesn't know what he needs. Yeah. I mean, but they, as far as I know, there's not even an ambulance responding to this yet. Okay, so here, here they they come in the house, and I mean, this looks like four million nine one one calls that that we've been on, and and there's Earl laid out. He looks like me last Friday night. Nice curtains on the windows. There's parakeets chirping in the background. Why do they always have parakeets? Uh, dude, I'm not a big bird bird person, but and there's a very calming music. If you I, hear yeah, it too. I, I did. I thought that was a soundtrack when I listened to this the, the other one. I was like, man, why do they have a soundtrack? It might be like a baby, like one of those mobile mo, mobiles, mobiles or something. Yeah. Uh, but these cop, I, I have to say, these cops are not are cool. I, I agree. I, and, I, and I'll tell you more why. Okay. Later. You give me your la- later. Okay. Here's my impression with with with, with the officers though is that they they're first responder trained or, or CPR certified. Right. Like they that. might be EMRs or CPR. But certified. when yeah. they call an ambulance to come in and assist, they're looking to the EMTs and the paramedics to make medical related decisions. I don't I don't think that they have to make these medical decisions. And so they don't know. That's when, whenever I call for law enforcement backup, I expect them to be competent in their job. When they call us for backup, we should be competent in our jobs. Right, right. So it, it sounds like, I don't, I don't know who's there, but she's saying the dude's an alcoholic. He's going through his draws. And he and calls for an ambulance which, which, within the first minute or so of being there. The, the cop? The cop. When he sees the guy, he calls for yeah. an ambulance within the first minute or so. And so, you know, lest anyone think that withdrawals are a, a joke, I mean, it is, it's, it's life-threatening. The dehydration, yeah. the cardiac dysrhythmias, the, the hypovolemic shock, I mean, all kinds of things, the, oh, the yeah. seizures. Yeah. Arguably, alcohol is Everything. one of the most severe or, or certainly emergent cases Right. Or emergent drugs to withdraw from would be ETOH. Yeah. yeah and so, so they're kind of walking around the house. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. But yeah find out when the, when the medic makes entry here. Cause we're 13 minutes into this or so. Uh, so, so that's her there. 
No, no, no. No, she goes to give no, him a drink not, of water. No, that's not yeah, her. That's a significant other. She goes to give him some water here, and then he takes off his shirt. He's he's diaphoretic. The cop says a couple times he's diaphoretic. Oh, does he? He's stripping his clothes off. He's not making any sense. I mean, he's really painting a picture for excited delirium at this point, is what I was thinking, you know. Right, right. So what's her face shows up? What, 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 what was her, her name? Pamela? Was, no. Did I make that what, up? What was her name again? Old grump old grumpy cross arms. <laughs> Uh, Peggy. Was it, was it Peggy? Samsonite. I was way off. Yeah. Well, that other one I was just looking at said, said that she was 40 years old. This one says she's 44, but it says, uh, Peggy. So, um, Peggy shows up. With her, with her little notepad. She's got her notepad and her pen and she is hell bent on getting his birthday. Okay. Let's, let's see how she does when she when when uh, she she should be walking in here any 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 second yeah here here she comes right here look at <laughs> oh my god no no i just got to we we i know dude we we've got we've got to set the scene the, the, because when i watched this i i didn't know i i turned it on and and it was like at this it was like at this point or something like that. Yeah. And um, I didn't realize it was 2 a.m. until she walked in. And I was like, damn, she looks she looks like she's had a rough night. And then I, I saw out there that it's yeah. 2.18 in the morning. And so I got to believe, I got to believe that this is a 24-hour department. I, I was on the same page. It's 2 it o'clock. Up. She just ran a call. Mm-hmm. She got six minutes of sleep and these 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 tones came out. Um, and here for, for probably, uh, you know, now, nature unknown, uh, unknown medical assist law enforcement, right, something right, like that. Right. And, and I saw it from the, the, the other guy, this guy over here right. by the fan. I saw his camera first. So Good I mustache saw her, too. Is that a mustache? <laughs> Looks like he's got a and mustache. I saw her come in and she's got no gloves on and yeah. just, uh, <laughs> and her um, notepad. <laughs> and, and her notepad. Yeah. Like, like she's ready to say, Earl, what's your name? Let's li- let's listen to what she says here. And and clearly the police are looking to her for some kind of guidance on what to do. Right. Some elephants making out over there in the corner. Oh, see that? So she hasn't touched him, felt his pulse, you know, checked his skin or anything. She che- did she fall back asleep? Oh no, she's awake. She said, "What's his birthday?" Earl. When's your birthday, man? She's gonna go kick him. Oh God! So Law's trying to find some ID. He's clearly leaving the room. He's uncomfortable as well. All right, Earl, sit up. Holy! A, a more forceful tone the second time. Stressful now she goes, she goes, she goes, she tosses her notepad down and she goes, hands on. <laughs> oh, so she's yoking him up. Yeah, yeah. These, these poor cops, they're trying so hard. Hey, here's another question. Do you think that she would be acting the same way if she didn't have three armed officers there to protect her? Uh, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good point. You know, like, do you think, I think that sometimes... Uh, the 
I've seen this on calls, EMSs or nurses or ER providers, like their right. bravery is a little bit, they're a little bit more oh, forceful yeah. if they know that they've got, they got back. Oh, absolutely. There, like Will know? Smith hitting Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. won't hit the rock, <laughs> but he'll hit Chris Rock. Yeah. And, sure. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but these cops, I mean, they, you, you could just see the uncomfortableness. Yeah. They don't but know these, what to do. They're like, I can't believe she showed up and she's talking and, like this. And then at one point they say, we, we can't carry you all the way out. They're, this is the only way. And I right. was thinking, we get unconscious people out of rooms all the time. Like you could, there, I didn't right. see a monitor. Nobody's taking any vital signs. You can get a stretcher around in there. No, like, he could have a heart rate of 200 right now. Yeah. Or 40. Or, or 40. Oh, hold on. I think that was the kicker right there. Hold on. I got to back that up. That was the... Watch, watch her pull him. Quit acting stupid. stupid. Or quit acting stupid. Sit up now. Maybe he didn't hear it. I am not playing with you tonight. Sit up. What is your birth That's a very important question. What year? Hey, where's Early Peter? Morning, the park park hospital, man. We need, then we need to get up. You're gonna have to walk, and we ain't carrying him. So let's let's get up on your feet. I don't know why she would say she's not carrying him. Cause I am seriously not in the mood for this dumb shit. You can walk. Come on. Let's stand up. She say? I don't think I'm, he can walk, man. I'm seriously not in the mood for this bullshit. So, so the thing that I found interesting here, aside from her being such a, you know, vicious, vicious human being, is um, that she doesn't even ask the cops to help, mm -hmm. and she's like, "Get up!" And the cops are like, "Well, yeah, we'll, we can, we'll walk him out." <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I know where I work, the fire department that that runs calls with me. You, you, you know, they'd be Johnny on the spot with that, but they do that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know what system this is, why they don't have, it must be a tiered response. They don't need a fire engine or, or maybe she canceled them. I don't know. So she's got the cops there to help, but she doesn't really say like, would you guys mind helping? Right. And she just kind of assumes, and these guys, these guys start helping and they are so nice. Yeah, <laughs> they're so nice. You know, I mean, they are doing everything. I think this is part of the reason that we got within day. When did this happen? So uh, the December 18th. So December 18th. But they released every officer was there, their entire camera footage unredacted because they're saying, listen. <laughs> oh, there's Earl. There's Earl right there. We the, see Earl for the, the police department is saying we want this to be very clear. We didn't do anything wrong here, and right. I believe them. I the, want to. I want to take all three of these dudes out for beer, not Earl. Well, I take her off. No, I can't, I can't take her off. Her beer. He's an alcoholic. Uh, well, maybe that would have fixed the whole thing. If but whoever the cop beer. is that's that's looking at him right now, and these two guys, man, I'd hang out with. Look them at how beer. uncomfortable this guy's face is. I know. <laughs> he's like he's he's sitting in the corner of the room while mom and dad are screaming and throwing dishes back and forth at each other. He's like, I don't want to be here right now. This is. She's still riding. Her, she's doodling, and and he, they're trying. To, they're trying to help. No, I, I think he is dead weight. He, this guy. Yeah, he's having a medical emergency. Are you gonna stay here? Society, or are you staying? Here? Society in this in this city 
accepts her as help. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to yeah. stay? She's help. You call 911, that's who's going to show. You need to get up and walk. And it, I'm, I'm sure it sounds like I'm being critical of her response, but I absolutely am. And I think everybody else should be as well. If we want to, to uh, elevate our profession, we also have to take into account all of our failures. Yeah. And this was a failure. No. What if this was, what if this was grandma? What if this was your grandma, right? Well, you know, I, I'm going to challenge you for a second there. I'm going right. to challenge you. So the, I, always, I always think that it's the worst argument to say, well, what if that was your kid? Because, dude, listen, if it was my kid, I would let everybody else on the earth die to save my kid. Mm-hmm. So, and I wouldn't let everybody else on the earth die to save somebody. So it's more of, it is just my, my, my philosophy. It doesn't matter who he is. He's a human being. And you got to treat them the same as you would treat anybody else. But my perspective is from a medical competency. Mm. If she can't appreciate that this guy has an altered mentation, mm, yeah. then how is she going to appreciate that, you know, Grandma Jody has a blood sugar of 35 and right. is not just being a jerk. She right. is having a medical emergency. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So they're 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 still trying to get, get this poor dude. And off she still here. has that damn notepad. I know. <laughs> it probably says, "Please kill me on it." <laughs> um, oh Jesus! Somebody call the fire department. I mean, Peter looks like he could have lifted Earl up three or four times over his head, and Peter's outside just he's guarding the cot. Look how nice these guys are, man. I mean, it, this this is this is the job from law enforcement, fire, EMS. This is the job you're gonna run these calls and even even if you don't appreciate their living conditions or their socioeconomic status for some reason which shouldn't matter at all Mm. that girl at the beginning who answered the door is clearly showing signs of distress that this is serious she she called for help right look at look at peggy over there oh Oh, she put her chapstick on dude all you gotta do is walk out that front door Come on, Earl, get up. Is it right outside the door? And she can't apologize because Earl, Earl's dead. Okay. So we're almost at the door. I just, I still can't understand how he got face down on the stretcher. Oh, what you, it, old Peter throws him, throws him on his face. Right here, cot's right there, right there. So we get outside and the cot's sitting there waiting. But the, stre- the stretcher's waiting. Oh, we're so close, but still so far away. Peter's got a nice, he's got a nice warm jacket on. Not helping. He's just standing there. And he kind of falls on the stretcher and then Peter just kind of yokes him up. Yeah. And the, one of the other cameras might have a better shot of it, but... Um, 
Oh, yeah, this is... Who's that down the street? Oh. I don't know. He's walking with a suitcase, so... That's one of those neighborhoods that you walk with a suitcase. Does that say Lifestar? Yeah. I think so. And see, look, this, these cops are still trying to help and Peter well, and Peggy they know. doing nothing. <laughs> they know if they okay, can here, get this guy on the here's stretcher... Where they, here's where they throw him on. If, if they can get him on the stretcher in the back of the ambulance, they're 10-8. Okay. This is a medical emergency. So there he's on, and now Peter kind of like, this is what he does. You see this? Oh, my god! And he kind of slams him down. And now he's on, he's on his belly, and the cops are like, okay, you guys are good. 10-8. <laughs> and, I mean, he, that's his back right there. Yeah. And she wraps the sheet over him. And then it must just be the seatbelts, and I'm just dying to know so, how this call went. I know. You think I, she put him on the monitor and got an IV? hundred. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you think she took a I, real blood pressure? Here's here was my honest thought. First off, because we've all had combative patients that have been in handcuffs, and and you can't really put a patient on a stretcher with their hands restrained behind their back. And sometimes there's kind of that crew resource management where the EMT provider, the paramedic is afraid to say to the... Look, look, at, look at his head coming up. You see his head? Yeah. He's got like a seatbelt over his shoulder. Oh, I didn't see that that shot. Look at his seatbelt like it's yeah, over they, his shoulders, they, they neck area. Three-point. Three and he's trying to lift his head up. Right. But back to what I was saying. Crew resource management, and it, it would, it's not unheard of for an EMT or paramedic to be afraid to say to a police officer, I need you to take his handcuffs off so he can sit on the stretcher, which right. is kind of where right. it comes from back in the day where that people would transport with handcuffs on, face down, right? That's not a thing that we can do anymore, nor that we ever should have done. But that's not the case here. He's not in handcuffs. They just, he fell into the first position, was prone, and they thought this is a good idea to just put three seatbelts on him, and put him in the back well, of the ambulance. Well, okay, and then, okay. So the fact that you see exactly <laughs> yeah, what I just yeah, saw, did you? Yeah. What did you, you see? Yeah. The EMT just, or whoever, Earl, uh, uh, what's his name? Peter? Peter. Peter shuts the bay doors, and what, gives and, it a double and tap. for people who don't know what that means. He shuts yeah. the back doors of the ambulance, and he walks around right to the front to begin transport. And so, why is that important? Because <laughs> they don't have two people in the back doing an assessment, putting him on the monitor, starting an IV, checking a blood sugar, doing any of the other stuff. They, She says, let's go to the hospital. We don't need to do anything. Right. And so she probably sat right behind him. Yep. And didn't... Probably did not do, check a single vital sign, didn't do a, a single assessment. Well, now, I mean, this, this story I'm reading was, was, was updated today. Wow. That's, this was in Sangamon County uh, in Springfield, Illinois. And um, from December 18th, Earl was taken to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. Okay. So <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear, like, what does that mean? Does that mean that, like, she brought him in and I will bet that bedside she, and yeah. was like, this is Earl. Yes. Earl's had a bad night. Moved him over. Moved him over and he's dead. <laughs> yes. I, so I've had Holy in my career shit. working in the emergency department, an EMS crew bring a patient in, sitting up sitting straight up, getting a NEB treatment. And they, and they were dead. And they get, they get bedside to move him over to the ED cot, and the guy is dead. And they had no idea. Right. I'll bet that is exactly what happened here. And then, and then so the coroner had already done the report, okay? Uh, and the coroner's report says, quote, 
that the or it says the cause of death was quote compressional and positional asphyxia due to prone face down restraint on a paramedic transportation stretcher due to straps across the back. That's a pretty specific now, answer. Now, I don't. I mean, I don't even know where to. I mean, obviously, we were talking about it just now, but there's. I I can't, I'm so overwhelmed with frustration watching this mm-hmm. because it's it's this to me this is ju- this is right there with George Floyd. It's the same thing. You have a lazy, incompetent person in their job. Mm-hmm. You've got a minority, you've got um uh people being just incompetency in in your job and and not caring about the human being that's that's there in front of you. I'm not going to say that it has anything to do with race. It could, but socioeconomic status, one way or another, has to play a role in this. Had that have been in um, a big badass part of town, what what yeah. do we teach our students? And I and I hate this so much. And my my students get so pissed off when I do this. Uh, you know, okay, you're responding to a call and you're doing a scenario and you say. Okay, uh, well, how far away from we from the hospitals? Oh, you're 10 minutes from the hospital. Well, what kind of neighborhood are we going to? Are we going to a nice neighborhood, yeah. a crappy part of town? And and right there, the 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 that cognitive bias or yeah. uh, uh, in in your in your brain unconscious bias even they yeah. may not even of, know that uh, of of yeah, yeah not co- cognitive bias like just a, a subconscious or unconscious bias of um already treating the rest of the call yeah based off a certain way yeah. based on the address that came out and 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 then carrying that attitude through, throughout the entire call and so you, you show up on this scene and everything is wrong and so what are the values that we're supposed to have like integrity and compassion and and being empathetic as a, as a, as a paramedic or a nurse or, or a physician or something like that and there's none of that there that that girl Peggy there is no way she has compassion on some other call it's right. fake there's no way because that you you don't have compassion for some human beings and not other human beings it's you have compassion for and respect for human life no matter who they are and she showed up with a preconceived notion of what was going on before she even walked in that door. She told old Peter, wait out here, get the cot ready. Yeah. We'll be out in five seconds. And, 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 and from Peter the legal stayed. side, I would not be surprised if they are able to prove murder, right? The, the charge that they, this isn't a manslaughter case. She has a formal education. She understands. Mm. Right. Right. Derek Chauvin is in prison for murder, for right. murdering George Floyd. And he's not even a medical guy. So whatever was going on with, with George, they will be able to prove she negligence knows. on all forms. Well, well not negligence. I, well, I mean, but there was, they, she had a duty to. She act, did this on right? purpose that she chose she knew to treat him, him that face way. Face down, right? Was going to cause a problem. Is there? Is there an e? It, this is 2023, and there's so many things that there's there's not an EMT in the or a paramedic in the United States that has not heard the word scene safe BSI. Right. Right. Not that it means that much, but it's just a, a you know, kind of a, a funny lingo thing that we all know about oh, scene safe BSI. But what, but there's certain things that we all know that no matter who you are, you know, 
that you do not give nitroglycerin to a guy who's taken erectile dysfunction drugs. Every single yeah. EMT and paramedic knows that. Right. There's a giggle factor in there somewhere and when they were taught it and mm-hmm. it just stuck in their brains and they never forget it. There is not an EMT or a paramedic on in this country it is impossible as far as I'm concerned that does not know that you would not transport a patient prone on a stretcher. Especially whenever he's raising his head up, like gasping for breath. Right. I mean, if he's got a piece of rebar sticking out of his left ass cheek, maybe that's a reason to kind of put him on the side or kind of prone or whatever. But (laughs) she even tucked him in. She She burritoed him up with a blanket. I, 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 but my and probably cinched that belt down as forceful as they were with sit up, move over here, yeah. stand up, walk. I'm sure that Peter or Peggy, when they put that top buckle on, they didn't just old Peter and Peggy. Jesus they Christ, cinched dude. that sucker down. It, it, it you, you're you're 100 right. And and for the people who who may be watching or listening who don't know, you know, prone means that they're laying on their belly. Supine means they're lay, they're laying on their back, and so this guy, if you could see the video, was was placed on his belly, which we call prone. It's just a stupid anatomical term, and your 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 spine is is posterior, right? It's in, it's in the yeah, back it's in the right. back of you, and the way that your diaphragm and, and a lot of people probably already know this, but the way your diaphragm works and contracts is it is it pushes your chest anteriorly, it pushes it that way. Right. When I say that way, I mean away, away from your spine, toward yep. uh, away from your face, and um, you know, and so you're you're able to take in a breath and and breathe. And this is how we this is how human beings breathe all day long. Our diaphragm contracts and pushes our chest uh, anteriorly, so that we can allow more air to come in. Right. And so, if that, how much pounds of pressure is that? It's hardly any. If you're sitting up straight or if you're laying on your back, you're only right. pushing a little bit of musculature. But when you're laying on your belly, you just even you right now, if you lay on your belly and now your, your diaphragm, now you have to breathe, your diaphragm has to push your entire body up. Any, any weight that's not supported by your knees or something has to push your entire weight of your body up. And so now you're lifting up that, I mean, I don't know, that guy looked like maybe he was 160, 170 pounds. So now instead of lifting a couple pounds, your diaphragm has to lift yeah, and, 60 well, pounds. And, 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 it, and it's just like doing a curl. At some point, yeah. you're going to give out and you're not going to be able to breathe anymore. Sure. And, and, <laughs> and, and I'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But the way that your spine's made up too, like you can bend forward, but you can't do a back bend. So right. like he, there's no way to sit up to, to get an easier breath. But if this was an excited delirium or if this was, um, you know, uh, DTs or whatever, and his potassium is really high, one, oh, of the, yeah. one of the ways that we offload acids to correct our pH is by breathing, right? And so in the case of like- Derek, Breathing fast. Yeah. Yep. In, the, in the case of, of George Floyd or the hundreds of excited delirium calls that we've had over the last 10 years or whatever, the last- line of defense to combat this acidosis in your body is by taking bigger, faster breaths and blowing off the CO2, which is the acid. If you lay somebody face down and just to to your point, make it more difficult to breathe and then cinch a belt over the top of them, the the ME report says the asphyxia and everything 
but he had a hypoxic, hypercapnic respiratory arrest. Yeah, I'm probably, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that that was that was certainly involved. And and you know the um, and then not recognizing probably that it even happened. I don't know what their transport time was, but sounds like he wasn't on the monitor. She sat in the captain's chair, put her feet up, started checking her social medias, drove 15 minutes to the hospital. Peter opened the back of the bay doors and they wheeled him into the ER. Right. And was there, like, there's no, there's oh, no way, no. there's no way that she touched that patient in the back of the truck. Yeah. She didn't think of all the things that she would have documented. Do you think in she, the, do, but do you think she also documented vital signs? Well, yeah, that's what I was about. Was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. You, the, you, the, think of all the things that she would have been required to document in that report in order to you know, submit it in whatever system. She's going to have to document his respiratory rate, his blood pressure, a pulse rate. A physical rate, assessment a G, that's required. A GCS. By, yeah. there's, gonna, there's a spot on there that says something about his abdomen. And either it's normal. Yeah. And if it's normal, it means you palpated the abdomen, right? And so, and that's totally different than people putting PMS times four and not taking their shoes off. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that a hundred times. <laughs> right. Because we don't take their shoes right. and socks off. Right. And so not only... Did did her actions kill this guy and Peter? Um, talk, we have, we'll talk about Peter in a yes. second, but but the the <laughs> poor guy. but the um, or maybe you, you know she guy. probably committed uh, fraud, you know, yeah. by documenting stuff that probably didn't happen. Who knows what happened after the dude died? Did she then go back and like change her report? Maybe it wasn't submitted yet. Um, but either way, the the, the for, for for folks that might be listening or watching that that aren't paramedics or don't run calls in the field, everything that she did is completely the opposite of it's what we all teach. wrong. <laughs> Every it's, there's not one BSI. thing. <laughs> she didn't BSI. have gloves on. Yeah. She not, she didn't Seemed she didn't safe. touch she the patient. Yeah. She didn't um, no initial assessment. She, she didn't assess yeah. him at all. Right. Uh, she left her partner outside. Uh, um, made him walk. I mean, you think she documented on the report? Patient walked to the. You, you yeah, know. I think there's a box there that says, "How you know, did they get right. to the ambulance?" Yeah, how did they get Stretcher. to the ambulance? Yeah, well, not really. And and then when she got in the back of the truck, she didn't she didn't assess him at all. You it, now, I let's do, go, Peter. Yeah, so I do want to know why Peter was charged. Now, Peter might be well because more I more negligent, they, but maybe what did, he, what did he do? So it, I think I mean probably, he did slam his ass on the. I, he yes. did do that, I, and that's not as big of a error to me as. But he slammed him as, down prone as assisting him <laughs> to the stretcher, and then turn and then you were to turn the patient to supinate him so that now you can do an assessment. If he'd have done that, I wouldn't have had any really just, any problem with. You them. just wanted to say supinate, yeah. But what they're counting on, the reason I think they brought those charges, is that they see him also as a medical professional. And he had every opportunity as well to say, Peggy, we're not doing this. Right. Go sit in the ambulance. He could have called for backup. He could have called a supervisor. He could have done a number of things. It does not take a paramedic to recognize that what happened there is wrong. Right. We yeah. expect EMRs to know that that's not right. Yeah, 100%. And, and it's, it's, um, it, it, it's just so stressful. I mean, given the, the emotional roller coaster that the nation's uh, paramedic and EMT folks have been on in the last couple of weeks with, with the Damar Hamlin yeah, yeah. deal is like, oh, paramedics are the greatest thing in the world. And you guys should all be making four hundred grand a year. You guys are 
freaking heroes, man. man. Oh, wait, you guys are a bunch of dipshits. Exactly. It, just, I, that's, it's in the same breath. If you circulate a post mm. that says the lowest paid people on the field had the most important job and they should be making oh God, way I, more money. Oh, God. Can then you they imagine should, if I made that post? It, no, no, no. If I made the post that put their pictures up and said, Y'all wonder why you get paid 19 bucks an hour? <laughs> I'll do it. It's right because, now, I'm going to do it. Because you think that Peggy and Peter are unique? No. I'm, I've worked with Peter, Peter, and, Peter and Peggy's, right? Uh, and I've been, when I was younger, I was scared to speak up. Now, Peter might not be able to use that excuse because maybe he'd been around. But if that was a new person, I or, guarantee that Peter was scared of Peggy. I'm scared <laughs> of Peggy. And she's incarcerated right now. I'm, I'm scared of her. Yeah. She, uh, um, She's she's making some other prisoners her bitch right now. Man, I, yeah, she's I, I running. She and probably I, still has that notepad, and she's, she's and she's, she's taking take, commissary notes. She's taking notes yeah. with the with the with the notepad. But anyway, I, I have to commend I, I have to commend those cops, dude. Um, yeah, no, and absolutely. I don't know if that was it says it, it it was it was Springfield Police Department, which isn't um, a small. This isn't like a terribly small rural, you know. Not not that we associate rural providers less competent than busy urban providers, but um, it's, it's you have more experience in these big urban cities and, and Springfield's not a, a tiny town. I mean, like, like, like I said, I, I just, I just got to commend the, commend those guys. I mean, spring, Springfield. <laughs> What's your birthday? Oh, God. I mean, Springfield's probably the biggest um, metro area between you know, St. Louis and Chicago. It's kind of in the middle, yeah, in the middle of Illinois. Near, near Brand? Oh, no, Springfield, Illinois. Yeah, Springfield, Illinois. Not, Missouri. not Springfield, Missouri. No, Springfield, Illinois. That's even bigger than Springfield, Missouri, though. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it, 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 I think it's like like an hour or two north, northeast of St. Louis. Um, but the, the, the I, I hope, I have not read stuff, and I just hope to God there's not somebody, I, I, but I know there is. There's somebody. What? There's somebody going. She didn't do anything wrong. Oh no, no, no absolutely. This is a BS call, and I've. You know, how would you feel if you were overworked and overstressed and mm-hmm. underpaid, and you were running calls all day, and then you got to deal with this? Then she should go work at a bank. Then you should go work somewhere else. Then you yeah. should work somewhere and that you can so, clock out at five o'clock. And right. maybe <laughs> there is somebody that's going to watch this that doesn't know that it's not okay to transport somebody face down. So we're going to say it's not okay to transport somebody face down like that. (laughs) If you have somebody who's in police custody and they have handcuffs on, well, they probably have two sets of handcuffs. You could take them off and either restrain them in the front, restrain them to the stretcher or whatever, but, but don't transport people with their hands cuffed behind their back face down on the stretcher. I can't think of a single time that that's okay to do that. Right. Would you? Is it okay to put a baby, just set him on top of the stretcher, oh, dude? I just, I, put I, just I just had this. Com- I can't believe you're asking that because I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday, um, and I, I don't know this person really, but he was telling me um, about being uh, about disagreeing with some previous policy that he had, and I said, um, you, you know, well, what do you mean? Give me an example. And he said, well, this one place I worked had, um, you know, I didn't like their policy on the PDMates. You know, and the PDMates are, um, you know, in case anybody doesn't know what those are, are it's kind of like a, it's, a, it's almost like a little jacket 
that a, that a, that, a ba- that a baby would put on that you kind of put on the back of a baby or an infant, and then it has straps that then strap. Uh, straps to the stretcher, yeah. right? So, so it, it's if you a, don't have a car seat, if you didn't have a car seat, or if the car, or if the car seat was damaged sure. or in a crash, and you can't see any damage because you're not supposed to reuse it, you know, you you have these these PD mates, which are which are super cool. What about putting a baby on mama's lap and then sitting yeah. them on the stretcher? Well, that that That's that was that was more okay of the that was more of the instance, and not and okay. he he said. Um, well, I, d- I just didn't like the pedimate because I, I think that it'd be safer and just more appropriate to let the mom hold the baby. Mm. And I was like, dude, the, the the reason why they have that policy is all your partner has to do is slam on the brakes because some deer uh, or Earl runs out in front of you <laughs> and, and that baby's going to slip out of mom's hand and he's going to hit the bulkhead behind her and just is going to be mush. Brains are going to splatter across the Right. It, you, the reason, and, and, and oftentimes when it comes down to situations like that, the reason why a para- paramedic say, oh, I'm just going to let mom hold the baby is because it makes the paramedic or the EMT more comfortable. Yeah. It makes them more comfortable to say, you know, you have to really have the confidence to say, ma'am, I need, we, we need, you can sit in this chair and you're going to, you can buckle up. You can sit right next to the baby mm. and we're going to buckle the baby into this device and it's the safest device and it's here to protect them. And, um, but then you have to also be competent in how to use a yeah. mate. Yeah, right. Because it's not used very often. It's hardly used. You could go years without using it, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's the same kind of, it's the same kind of kind of kind of instance of um you know people are doing things that you know is wrong but mm. you're you have like a cognitive dissonance about it in your brain of well I'm going to I'm going to do this anyway it'll be all right I mean I don't think that that girl Peggy no matter how unbelievably angry she is with life I don't think she meant to kill him I don't think but I she, don't think she cared I don't think she cared at all I don't think she cares either I think she's in jail right now and that she's probably going, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. He, he, she's probably making something up in and her I'll head. And I'll bet Peter and, may be sitting there saying, I, bet you, I should have said something. I bet you I Peter. I should have done something, right? I, 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 but I, but, but we didn't hear Peter talk, so I, I don't. I didn't hear Peter say a word. I think Peggy probably told him, Peter. <laughs> Don't talk. She probably put the fear of God in him. Yeah. She put the fear of God in me already. I, if listen, I had to work with, like, you know, you've worked with some Peggy's over your life, um, and so so have I. <laughs> um, and so that's, I don't know. I I, I don't know if, if if I could do it. And I think today I'd be more comfortable working with someone like her because I'd be able to stand up for myself. Yeah. But man, fifteen well, years and, ago, and from and you know we were talking about culture early on, but even with the PDMA. Well, that's the way we've always done it. How many young EMTs or paramedics do you think's worked with Peggy that have learned something from her? And right. and they don't know. I mean, they that's just what they learned. Well, this is how I was taught. Right. I was told it's okay to do this. Yeah. Th- so you you have um, who be careful who your who your leaders are mm-hmm. and 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 who who's teaching. She's probably an FTO somewhere and. Uh, her resume probably says, I- "I've got experience field training." And yeah, right. do you think she said during her interview that she cares? You know, why, why do you want this job? Well, I just I really like to help people. 
Do you think she said that? Probably. Probably. I'm tired of talking about it. Dude, check out this picture. We're coming up on an anniversary for this too, right? Um, This is the picture from Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania. And I could be wrong. God, that's wild. But I swear that this was a year ago today. Uh, that this this show may not be posted today, but this is it's Janu- January eleventh, um, and I believe that January eleventh, twenty twenty one, was when this uh, this EC one thirty five one thirty five twin engine um, helicopter crashed outside or in Drexel, headed from uh, I did a full story on it in my brains for forgetting where the originating city, but you know kind of central kind of in the middle of Pennsylvania, all the way south on the border. And, uh, you know, they had to fly. It was a two-month-old. An an infant over to a children's hospital at at Philadelphia. Is this just one year ago? Because it's peak COVID times. But, I mean, it sounds like I think we'd been in COVID for a year or so. But, I mean, they're in Tyvek suits and N95 masks. Right. I don't see the level of PPE. Um, well, that was a frightening time, kind of early COVID, not necessarily frightening, but like what's going to happen is, is everybody going to die or is this just another cold? Right. And there's all kinds of opinions on it still, but it was still a pretty unnerving, unnerving time. Yeah. I think, I think it happened. it, it, It was a year ago. It was a year ago today. Um, you know, this report, what's up Einstein? Who's got the ads going in the background? Lennon, turn the ads off. Use <laughs> this the, time to put a link to the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What he what he said. But the the um this was this was a year ago. Yeah, Janu- January eleventh, and um, flight, a, a flight paramedic, a flight nurse on board, and the report that I did or the story I did had like a recording of somebody calling 911 and saying, you know, you guys check out the video. Um, It's, it's probably one of the more, gives me goosebumps. Might might be one of the only positive stories I've done. I need to do more positive stories, but it's very, very positive um, episode because um, you've got a, you've got a pilot, a flight nurse, a flight paramedic, and you've got this baby. I don't know what was wrong with the baby, but he needed to be transported and, you know, they're flying along and there, this is like an hour long flight. So it's a pretty long flight mm-hmm. in, a, in a helicopter. Um, and they're headed east into, into Philadelphia. And when they're over this uh, city or town of Drexel Hill, they reported that they heard a loud bang. Mm-hmm. And then the aircraft tilted to the right. I think it was to the right. It had to have been to the right. And then did a complete barrel roll. Upside down. Which one would think, you, you know, I've seen like, you, know, you watch like those Red Bull yeah, helicopters. Red, yeah, Red Bull. I didn't even know a 135 had the capability to do that. I don't think it's intended um, to, though. Yeah. And maybe, and, and maybe, maybe it can, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the, the. But look at this picture on the left. So it's smoking from the mm-hmm. rear of the aircraft where the, and then there's fuel, sp- like, not right, a little right. bit of fuel. Like that's an eerie picture, right? And 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 that, in, in, in case you guys can't can't see that, I don't know if my mouse is working here, but but right right about there, the uh, the fuel's just pouring out the bottom, and 
you know, one of the things that I mentioned in, in several of the videos is that a lot of times the difference between life and death is a mm -hmm. spark. Right. Right. And so all it would have taken was just one spark. Now it's jet fuel, so it's not like gasoline. So it's not just, it, it doesn't ignite quite. Burns more, pretty more, hot though, more, right? more like diesel, but it's, um, but still a spark probably yeah, yeah. Is, is all that would, would have been needed. And this picture is pouring out fuel. The pilot at this point, if I'm not mistaken, is still over there in the bushes, basically kind of on the left side of the aircraft, um, uh, who kind of fell down. He's got some serious injuries, a lot yeah, of a lot broken bones. A lot of chest and, yeah. and uh, core injuries. And, the, but and this paramedic. That calm 911 call. Mm -hmm. Like he says, we got three people. Everybody's conscious. My pilot is not alert. Well, I guess four people. Because then he says, my main concern is to continue this. I got to get this kid. I, I got to get this was kid. Chop? To, to, is that where to, I was going? That hospital? Oh, I don't know. But but I got to get this kid, you know, to where, to wherever wherever they're going. Yeah, heroes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was chop. That's that's, that's 100% right. Um, and so this this guy right here, I didn't know if it was the nurse or the medic, but I had some people reach out to me after the story and confirm, like, this was the paramedic. And he's wearing a Tyvek suit. I know. Listen, I did air transports in Tyvek. Right? And you know, he's got to be sweating his balls <laughs> off. Because <laughs> the flight suit underneath And it. the dude's got a mask on, bro. <laughs> he kept his mask on. Like, I can't, like, people are like, they got to pull their mask down just to talk. Yeah. You, you know, you what have would to you, see my face. What, yeah. You'll you got to see my better. face. What would you like to order at McDonald's? I would like to order a quarter pounder of cheese. And they, and they, and they lower their mask. You know, this guy is doing, all of this, and he's st he still got that mask on. Now, the the med crew also participated, which is very very important. If you don't know, I, I don't know the inside of a one thirty five. Um, I flew on a one thirty, um, and or on an A star three fifty or in a Bell two hundred six. Those are the aircraft that I've flown on. And um, but even if you don't know what the aircraft is, you can pretty much be safe that if it's red. Just manipulate it somehow. Flip mm. it the other way, push it, pull on it, whatever it is. You know, the rotor brake is red. The the fuel and the if the, if there's a main battery switch on the aircraft, then it, it, it might be red. Um, and so I like I said, I don't know what the inside We're of the thirty five. Like they'd probably they trained. Did, they did post this crash procedures. Yeah. He knew. He knew, and he did it because the pilot wasn't able to do it. And you have to expect. Right. Now I don't know if it was the nurse or the paramedic who did the switches, but it was one of them who had the. Turned the off the electrical because by turning off that electrical, yeah, kill power, kill you're, spark. You're killing the power that could be going uh, near that fuel. What I so then he pulls the baby out, and then the med crew pull their pilot out mm -hmm. who can't walk. You're like he's he's all busted up, right? But what I did just find out um, recently, just 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 a couple days ago, because uh, we were talking about. I was talking with some folks about this being being the um, uh, the anniversary. Is that not only uh, apparently there was a fire that started, and so oh, no. the 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 person who I was talking to said, you, you know, quote, he also put out the fire that had started. Oh my gosh! And so I don't know how he put the fire out. If there's a fire extinguisher in the aircraft, or if somebody brought it to him, or if maybe he just jumped on it. He, that dude definitely seems like somebody would jump on a grenade. 
you know, just to, just to save everybody. But that guy did that. Man. That dude did that. And it landed in front of the church, and a lot of people tie, tie, tie all that right. together. Um, but the, the way that this aircraft went down, you know, I'm beginning more and more to believe that it was a bird strike. Um, it's hard to really hit anything else. They were at four or 500 foot above the ground when this mm-hmm. happened, when, the, when they heard the bang. Yeah, the final NTSB is not out. No, I'd, probably I'd probably another probably another couple months, but it wasn't the tail rotor because you can see the tail rotor right there. Yeah, there was nothing wrong with it. The cover was still on it. The engines were all shown to be in perfect working order right up until you know they they were turned off. Um, the pilot said that there was no issues with the aircraft other than after he heard the bang, the thing is rolling to the uh, right. Yeah, and, he- and the tail rotor really wouldn't it kind of make the aircraft spin, spin. Yeah. and so you know it sounds like something's wrong with the swash plate which maybe something just broke but the fact that there was a bang i don't know uh, it makes because they're flying at 130 miles an hour no i know you hitting so a bird at 130 miles my favorite part of this with the exception of super heroic badasses and saving the baby and, and all this other stuff is one of those ring doorbell cams uh when you you can hear this aircraft coming in, and it's gaining and losing altitude, and this pilot's doing everything he can to to try and get this to a graceful landing. Is there's a like a lady walking her dog, and or something, and somebody yells, "Oh man, look out!" <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, listen to it. I've uh, and, I, I and think not, I watched it, that ring cam thing like seven hundred times, and and but yeah. it's not in like a Pennsylvanian accent it sounds like somebody from dell city oklahoma dell city oklahoma what's wrong with dell city oklahoma i'm just saying that you get you get the dell the dell cityans are gonna are gonna are gonna get you okay perkins oklahoma where's perkins at oh i haven't seen i don't know that i've seen this video from a cell phone oh i thought that was the ring cam one no, that's, that's not that's not the right one but the the either way just the the way that they were um in the ring cam one, you can see that they're they're slightly rolled rolled over to the left. The pilot's the, comment on that is pretty pretty wild too. He said, "You know, I was doing everything I could to to land to to fly this thing. I was going right. to put it down this field. I realized I'd overshot the field, and I'm coming up to this church, and I think we're all going to die." This one right here. Listen, listen to this one. Oh, I did. I did hear. <laughs> oh, look out! And then they, sl- and then they slow it down right here. He was going down. He sure was. Yeah, he was going down. And look at see see him. He's doing everything he could. To. Right, and so dead bird. That pilot's name was Daniel Moore. And you look how that thing is rolled almost all the way over to the right. And he found this open parking lot. Mm-hmm. And he just couldn't slow down because the aircraft's just go, going too fast, descending too fast. And so he overshot it by 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 30 foot or, or, or something like that. This is the guy here, right? Oh, yeah, this is him. Pilot. This is him coming out of the ER and everybody. Switch After he was discharged. For a limited time, get welcome unlimited for just $25 a line. 
$25. And it's guaranteed Man, good on him. three years. Brilliant! Well, you would know. I'm switching. I, got I think the, the bike's too. faster. Now is the best time to switch it's to Verizon amazing. just $25 a line guaranteed for three years. The savings that last on the network. We got all kinds of ads <laughs> chugging along here. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we got too many of the ads going. But the but either way, the um, today's the year anniversary of, of that in and I'm just super stoked that all those people are alive. Yeah, me too. So, you know, we got a sad story with Hawaii, and we got the we got we got Peggy and Peter. Yes, yeah, so I'm seeing three big emotions. I mean, seeing sad, I'm seeing anger slash comedy because we got to admit the Peggy Peter saga is funny with the exception that they murdered somebody. I, I I'm opinion. sad that Earl is is gone. I think that, um, and then we've got happy. Yeah, th this last story makes makes me happy, but but um, yeah, I'm sad that Earl's gone. Sad that the 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 crew's gone in the other in the other um, in the Hawaii crash, and even this 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 pilot in the Drexel Hill crash. I mean, he's going to have debilitating injuries for life probably. But uh, kudos to him. And um, either way, uh, good recap, man. We'll chat again soon, dude. Yeah, let's do this again. Th thanks for being here, man.